0: Good morning and welcome everybody, you're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are, this is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle
1: and... Mon, good morning Lyle. Morning Mon, how are you? Oh, I'm so good right now, how are you? Why
0: are you so good right now?
1: Because I just discovered that you don't know your ABCs.
0: <laughs> what do you mean I don't know my ABCs?
1: Uh, turns A- out Lyle, Lyle doesn't know, not Let's not F inflict that upon G. the listeners. So before H-I-G-K we started the show, I was doing my vocal warm-ups by, by holding a pen between my teeth and singing my ABCs, and Lyle decided to join in. And it turns out when you get to QRS, Lyle just goes back to H.I.J. <laughs> H.I.J. H-I-J. Uh, is this like a Tasmanian thing? Do you guys like, just operate three quarters of No, this, is my, this, of the this alphabet? is my effort
0: to, see, to try and throw you off. Um, the problem was that when I tried to throw you off, I actually threw myself off because then I couldn't, I couldn't finish it out from uh, HIJK. Oh, I think Lyle, I got. I, I think I got worry. lost at the L.
1: You're a real worry. You really are. You had me stressed there. I was like, how come Lyle can get to the age of like 40-whatever and not know his ABCs? <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm glad anyway. you do know your ABCs. Uh,
0: the good thing is we know all about this because this, this is, is delayed. the delayed broadcast and everything has happened already, so we have an amazing program. We have a, an addiction special coming up today.
1: Yes, rather.
0: Um, we're going to talk about uh, screen addictions to start off with. Um, after your good news, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to look at what were what are the greatest uh, the smoking suburbs in Australia? Some some mm-hmm. suburbs with uh, a smoking equivalent to nineteen seventy nine levels.
1: It's just archaic.
0: Um We're going to have an interview with Tim Turner talking about porn addiction. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, our encounter with God. We're finishing off our section on loss of freedom and talking about addictions there. And moving on to find out how we gain the victory over addictions um, and how faith brings freedom. So, yeah, really, yeah. really
1: uh,
0: very powerful. Uh,
1: Dr. Sven joins us again. Yes, Dr. Sven Erstring is here.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to tell us some more about the uh, Creation uh, Faith and Science Conference coming up. Which is just going to be amazing, so don't miss out on that. We've got uh, lots more to say about that, and we've got our question of the day. Yes, super controversial. Very I think controversial. I stepped on like half of the to- yeah. half of our listeners' toes this morning, so you will have to forgive me for that. Sometimes we might, we might not be on air. Tonight. Actually, you
1: know what? It's not my fault. <laughs> it isn't. It is not it really my fault. Isn't.
0: I didn't write the Bible.
1: <laughs> love it, love it.
0: So don't don't blame me.
1: Yeah, I just read what the Bible says. We just said what the Bible says, which didn't really work that well for Israel Flower, but hey, <laughs> we'll get away with it.
2: A little bit of love and around with hatred, blindness, take a little time to reach for joy and wear a happy face. Sing a little bit when the days are dreary, give a little help to a friend that's weary, that's the way to make the world a happy place. Show a little bit. Joy and we're a happy face Sing a little bit when the days are dreary Give a little help to a friend that's weary That's the way to make the world despair. Show a little bit of love and kindness, never go around with hatred, blindness, take a little time to reach for joy and wear a happy face. Sleep a little bit when the days are dreary, give a little help to a friend that's weary, that's the way to make the world a happy place. Slow
0: That was the Collingsworth family. Show a little bit of love and kindness here on Faith FM. It's great
1: because that's exactly what my good news story is going to be about, Lyle. Showing a bit of love and kindness. It makes the difference on. in the world. Bring it, on. it makes all the difference in Before we tell that story, it is time, Layola. Mm-hmm. It is time. You just hate it when I call you Layola. I,
0: I do. You have no idea. <laughs> I really, really, really hate
1: that. Excellent. I'll keep doing it then. Um, so. I'm going to hit you with the latest breakfast Bible quiz. I'm so excited about this. Okay, so this is a Who Am I? I've kept it pretty easy this time. Wow, because it is Friday. Our brains are slowly but surely turning to mush. Yes. And uh, this is a Who Am I quiz, and the first clue is this. After Jesus had ascended, I joined the disciples, the women, and Jesus' cousins in an upstairs room. Do you know who that is? I see a look of confusion passing over Lyle's face. After Jesus had a second. he stares into middle space. And says I... nothing into his microphone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're blank Joined. You don't know the answer well, Lots
0: of people There's 120 people there I'm just working through Yeah but through which a- one Lyle? I'm just working through 120 Such people Such is a question yeah.
1: Give us a call if you know the answer 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number It's no 1-800-324-843 If you can tell me the answer Before Lyle gets it I'm going to do two on prizes Nah
0: no one's calling on this one Yeah
1: everyone's going to call on this one nah. Because they're going to give it for you Anyway, Lyle. Yes. So yesterday, I gave you a small sport of good news questions and told you that you could pick the ones you wanted. Oh, that's right. And you did miss out on one that you were kind of interested in. When we were asked. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. ones with the yard sales. Yeah, sorry, not yard, yard signs. Yard, signs. yard so signs. signs. So that's the one I'm going to share with you today because you know I like to give people what they want. And this is a really incredible story. Actually, I can't believe how far-reaching uh, this story has gone. Um, so there's a lady. Uh, this is in the states. And her name's Amy Wolf, and she she was inspired to do something um, after having a heartbreaking discretion, <clears throat> excuse me, with an acquaintance two years ago. Um, so she was hanging out with her friends, and one of them mentioned the suicide rates in their own community. Hey. And she said she just about fell off her chair, and uh, and she said she felt completely hopeless and ill-equipped to be a part of the solution. Um, she said, you know, she wasn't a therapist, she didn't know of anyone suffering with thoughts of self harm, but she still was plagued with this, this thought of what on earth can I do? Me personally, little old me, what can I do to help this? Because, you know, suicide really is a tragic and a million percent preventable, uh, t- tragedy. And so, despite her initial feelings of helplessness, um, uh, Amy Wolf got this idea. To start putting up just little signs of encouragement in her front yard, and then maybe in the front yards of her friends, and so literally this is all she did. She just got a little little plaque, and uh, you know, with with some stakes attached to it, and uh, and just went to war against mental health, mental illnesses, and um, and uh, so for the following two weeks. Her and her kids started knocking on people's doors around their little town. This is in Newburgh, Oregon, and asked if they could put signs featuring messages like, don't give up, your mistakes don't define you, you know, these kind of encouraging messages um, in their front yards. And people were like, absolutely you can. And uh, to the point where they're like, "Do you know what, let me pay you for the sign. You know, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And uh, and so she starts selling them at cost price. And within a few days, like literally a few days, she'd sold over a hundred and fifty of these yard signs. Oh wow! Right, right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And um, you know, and so her husband designed her a website to sell the signs at, at cost price, and uh, and the movement just started to pick up traction. Uh, family friends actually went road tripping um, during the holidays, and they left a trail of these messages just in like public bathrooms, <laughs> nice. restaurants, you know, petrol stations across the across the country. And um, it, they ended up shipping stuff all over the country. Uh, so, th- you know, they have outlets now in Dallas, Boston, Massachusetts, Cincinnati, and Portland. Um, and thi- this is crazy, right? Like you'd think something as simple as this maybe wouldn't really be that effective, yeah? Uh, but let me tell you some of the stories that are coming out of this. Mm. And this is incredible. Uh, so, May, is, May has been Mental Health Awareness Month. And uh, so, we're on the last day of that. And so, I just wanted to finish off May with this story. Oh, by the way, she now ships them uh, international. So, she ships them to all 50 states uh, of, of America, to 26 countries in six languages. So, this has really wow. just grown. Could
0: we buy them here in Australia?
1: I'm sure you can. Just I'll tell you the website at the end. And so, stories like this. So, uh, one of the people who put the signs in their front yard said, I just had a woman knock on my front door. She began to cry and thank me for the signs in my yard. She lives up the road and said her son had attempted suicide and these signs were in the yard the day they came home from the hospital. She drives by every day and for her, her son and her daughter, the reminder is profound. Wow. Another one. Uh, another testimony from someone else. Uh, so someone just knocked on my door almost in tears. He told me about his daughter and her struggles with drugs and asked if he could buy my sign. Of course, I said no, he could just have it. I prayed for them both and he left. I will be ordering more signs. Mm. Um, another one. Today, a middle school boy, so that's like, like uh, I want to say like 12, 13 years old, a boy knocked on my window while I was at a drop-off lane in school. He pointed to my You Matter sign because I now have these as, as bumper stickers as well. And said, seeing your sticker made me feel special and good about myself. Thank you. It's just... just she's just shining a little light. Yeah, absolutely. Other we need people to, have, mm-hmm, like, lit their mm-hmm. matches from and have just shared them around.
0: Yep. We need more of this in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, this is really... This is really great. And just, like... Way
0: too much of the opposite.
1: Absolutely. And it's just so beautiful. I mean, they're not in any way, like, complex or nothing. Like, sometimes it's just a sign that says, don't give up. You matter. You are special. Like, you know... It's just, it's just incredible. I'm, I'm just so excited about this chick and just doing something. I don't know. If I had that idea, oh, I should put a sign in my yard. I don't think I ever would have done it or ever progressed it. But she's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And so she did it. And now the world is on fire with it. So, yeah. Excellent step towards um, being a support network, really. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. She really done, She's created mm. a support network um, just to encourage strangers who are struggling. So Fantastic. We need her. more of
0: it in our world and a very positive story right there. Maybe there if you don't have access to one of these signs, maybe you can you can be a sign yourself and be encouragement to the people around you. Yeah. Tell them they matter. Tell them that God loves them. Tell them they are they are important in God's sight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tell them that you love them. Well, another cute story that I want to share with you quickly. Um, this is – so, I really like this. Uh, so, uh, Quebec City uh, International Airport, the Jeune La Charge International Airport. I cannot pronounce that because I'm really bad at French. Uh, one of the busiest airports in um, Canada has actually set up – uh, ten different plane spotting locations around the perimeter oh, of that's their cool. airport. Because oh, you know yes. how, I know you know how like airports like, they attract plane spotters, right? And they, they also they attract ca- planes. Yeah, then well that's why the spotters are there well, <laughs> <laughs> but, like airplane photographers come and they you know they have to work with these chain link fences and stuff and mm-hmm. and um and, like I've I've only really ever read of that about them being shooed away. But these airports like do you know what they're outside the fence so they're fine. And do you know what? Let's help them out and uh, and encourage their passion because you know we're all in in this industry together. And so they've actually created like uh, I want to say almost like a plaque, like a sign that they've stuck on the chain. Oh, fence look at that! And Area
0: reserved for photographers. And <laughs> that's so cut, awesome.
1: They've purpose cut a hole in the fence. For the photographers to stick their lenses through, so they can get a better shot.
0: <laughs> How they, put is it, they put the sign around the hole, yep. r- around the lens hole yep. in the chain link fence.
1: It's just so sweet, and they, like it's in French and in English, of course. I like the
0: one in Perth. Have you seen the one in Perth?
1: No. It's yeah,
0: piled up some sand and made little some little benches and, and a little fence there. Oh, and, have they really? And you can you can sit up there and do your plane spotting.
1: I didn't know that. I'm yeah. from Perth.
0: Oh, it's That's only, really cool. Was, I saw it the last time I was there, which wasn't. I'm sure it was Perth. Was it it Perth? Maybe it was Brisbane. It was one of these airports. I remember seeing it. It had just been said, I'm sure it was Perth. Okay. Um or it was in the process of being set up and uh of course they'd made a mound so that you could actually look over the chain link fence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You didn't have to um shoot through it. So uh,
1: but I'm sure the plane spotters were the ones that put that together, right?
0: Well, I don't know, but it looked like, you know, it was a big fancy thing, the council. That's cool. I love I
1: it. I love it when the airport is like, Do you know what? We know that we're popular, let's help you out. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean I mean, particularly with these the holes in the fence that they have actually cut in there, um, you know, they're surrounded by these metal frames, they've actually designed them so they actually prevent lens scratches. How kind is that? I love it. Anyway, so there's, there's a nine of these panels going up around and they've they're all been strategically positioned uh, um, at uh, locations around the perimeter of the airport, you know, the most popular ones. And, um, you know, they did a little map and released it and let all the photographers know that there's going to be uh, plane spotting plaques going up and they can go find them.
3: From the heart of the Father comes the desire that all of the nations be saved. From the lips of Messiah we have the promise, behold I am with you always. Place their home Across the oceans we will fly Leaving worldly games That Jesus has risen and reigns And though fearful and trembling We go remembering The gospel is mighty to save. Across the streets and we will go We will go, we will go To the people who have called this place their home Across the oceans we will fly Leaving world again praise awake across the globe We will go We will go The time has come, lift up your eyes The harvest fields are shining, shining The time has come, let us arise heaven's judge is soon returning the time has come lift up your eyes the harvest fields are shining shining the time has come The people who have called this place their home Across the oceans we will fly Leaving worldly gain behind To hear the Saviour's praise awake across the globe
0: Welcome back, guys. That was Rob and, Rob Smith and Nicky Chiswell with Across the Streets here on Faith FM. Mon, give us another clue for our quiz.
1: A clue that you don't know the answer. Yeah, something that actually one. is mm-hmm. –
0: yeah, no, I told you nobody was going to get on that clue.
1: Well, you never know. They might have just not called up.
0: Nah,
2: so nobody So I got. to give
1: the number, 1-800-Faith-FM. Um, one 324 843 <laughs> if you'd like to give a crack at the quiz. You can text your answer 0491 But here is clue number two. Who am I? Simeon said to me, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. Lyle's pen is busily scribbling and he has the answer correct. There is a prize, however. This morning's prize is a copy of a book called Love Not the World. Uh, that is by Watchman Nee. That's an interesting name. Um, a yeah, very famous author. Oh, is he? Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He, oh,
1: yeah, that's right. Sorry, I, I, this guy. I, know that. I flipped it to the back and saw his picture. I was like, oh, yes, I know him. Watchman Nee, uh, he's a noted Bible, a Chinese Bible teacher and Chinese lead, uh, Christian leader. Um, Yeah, his excellent preaching ministry, uh, which he started while he was still a university student. Um, So, in between the years of nineteen twenty-three and nineteen fifty, Watchman Nee founded two hundred churches. You know, just small groups meeting in rented houses, and they end up becoming spiritually strong and grew rapidly. Anyway, incredible guy, incredible writer. Uh, This book, "Love Not the World: A Prophetic Calling to Holy Living," is all about, um, you know, I guess the struggle that Christians have with being in the world but not of the world. And uh, this is a great book all about that. So, Love Not the World by Watchman Nee. Give us a call if you know the answer to the breakfast Bible quiz, and we'll send that to you completely free of charge.
0: Okay, so several years ago I made a very bold statement and uh, stated it both on Faith FM and in my church, and that being that, uh, and a controversial statement, that giving a child a smartphone was a a form of child abuse. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and that 's because of you know the research that I was seeing at that particular time, however, um, in a recent report from the United Kingdom coming out of the uh, Harley Street Charter Rehab Clinic, they have endeavored to quantify um, smartphone addiction for children, really, and they have come to the conclusion that giving a child a smartphone smartphone is the equivalent of giving them is the equivalent of 1 gram of cocaine.
1: Are you serious? Oh yeah. They're going to be I mean, if we're giving our kids smartphones at that young age, they're just going to be set for life to have a- And this
0: is one of the was one of the challenges because they you know, they they outlined that, you know, if you introduce them to, you know, if you don't give them a phone but you introduce them to screens and you give them specific screen time and you have screen curfews and you don't allow them to take those screens to school and so forth, you can actually teach your children to manage them.
1: Manage addiction instead of...
0: Well, you know, the, the whole idea behind this research is don't give them one in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really what they're, what they're pushing for. Um, now, um, one of the lead clinicians or um, counsellors in this particular clinic um, has stated that many of her patients are 13-year-old girls who see sexting as normal. No. Um, oh, yeah. that's
1: tragic.
0: This is this is uh, and, and this was this is also some new research that was um, a recent foundation conference in uh, in in London. Um, yeah, so there's there's a bunch of things out here at, at that at that conference. They says they they stated that smartphones were just as dangerous dangerous as drugs and alcohol in school and should be treated the same way. Wow. There's some pretty strong statements coming out of uh, out of this particular conference, education conference. Uh, 1 in 10,000 will be able to break the addiction without help. And 1 in 10,000. 1 in 10,000.
1: That's terrible. Mhm. That's frightening. And
0: 1 in 3 children in the United Kingdom admit to smartphone addiction. So this is this was just a general survey of uh, of a large group of, of students, and they found that one in three would admit that they were addicted.
1: So, I, I guess I'm curious to know, like, you know, when you if, if you have a child and you suspect that this child is addicted to their smartphone, like, what is it you're actually seeing in the child?
0: Yeah, and this is an important point because they point out that amongst three to four-year-olds, the average uh, internet usage per week, it's, this is three to four-year-olds hmm Right? So, this is babies, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, average internet usage per week is 6.5 hours.
1: 6.5 hours? For a toddler. You, they can't even talk properly. For a toddler. Oh, mercy.
0: Yeah, this is some pretty heavy stuff. This is some really heavy stuff. Uh, two-thirds of the patients now at the Harvey Street Clinic are dealing with uh, digi- digital addiction. Um. And uh, 1500, teachers that were surveyed. Um, two out of three were aware of students, their students that were sexting, and at least one in six of those were primary age students. This is what we are facing in our world today. This is something that has developed over the last ten years. And you know what I look back on my parenting when my kids were you know at school age and that kind of thing, and we gave them smartphones. And, you know, not really realizing just Mm. how lethal these things can be and how dangerous and how damaging they can be. Now, I understand. I come from the era where, you know, we were sent off to school and, you know, I had a, a, a miles hike down the road to the bus stop that I would do all by myself unattended and then a miles hike back again at the end of the day. And it was a very regular thing and everybody knew that I walked that path every day. It wasn't that many years ago. I'm only 47. And, uh, but it was a very, very different world. And I understand that these days, you know, parents are concerned about security. You don't have to give your child a smartphone to be able to, for them to be, for you to be able to call your child.
1: Yeah, just give them a break yeah one that does nothing
0: just just get them a dumb phone yeah mm-hmm. they only it's only going to cost you about thirty dollars, yeah,
1: yeah, and there are actually companies you don't that don't need made... to spend
0: a thousand dollars on your kid to give them a smartphone
1: there are there are there are teleco companies that have created phones for exactly that reason and exact exact purpose, they just want. Just calls, nothing else. Just yeah, that's right. You can, can
0: keep in touch with kids. your kids. You can yeah. find out where they are, mm-hmm. uh, and that's all you need to be they able. to They can call do. if
1: they're an emergency. You can call them if you're scared about where they are. Just you know the basics.
0: They, they're they're calling for change, obviously, of legislation and change of practice in schools for, um, particularly for under year six. They basically like from year six up, we've lost that generation, mm-hmm. um, and all we can do now for that generation is rehab but for the emerging generation, then we need to do something uh, uh, serious Look, I've got to this. tell you, like if yeah. I
1: ever have kids, I will definitely be sending them to a school that has one of those um, phone-free policies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can't even bring your phone in the, in the school gate. Yep. That's exactly what, like, yeah.
0: Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree choice. more. Yeah. Um, anyway, so another story uh, coming out of Tasmania this time.
1: No. Yes. <laughs> Go on.
0: So the um, Bridgewater and Gagebrook in Tasmania, two suburbs in Hobart, are stuck in a smoker's time warp from 1979. What do you mean? 40% of the population smokes, and that hasn't been that high in Australia since 1979.
1: What's going on in that area that they're all smoking?
0: Yeah, somewhere along the line, they have just been bypassed by the rest of Australia.
1: In terms of...
0: In terms of the whole culture of giving up smoking. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Risdon Vale, just down the road, 34.4%. So, that's uh, 1986 equivalent. Um, And then moving around the rest of Australia, those are the highest. Uh, Elizabeth in South Australia at 31%. Tamworth uh, here in New South Wales at 30%. Mount Druitt at 31%. So, we've got these little hotspots that are way out of whack with the rest of Australia.
1: But you know what? That's good. At least we know where the problem is. We can concentrate our efforts. Yes. Just quit smoking programs, relentless advertising, bus stop, you know, uh, posters, billboards, just... And, and, and absolutely, poor
0: reduction sim. in reduction uh-huh. in the availability of smokes. Oh, absolutely! Um, yep. Increased taxing. Just get the um, government involved.
1: They know what to do. They've done it before. They did it to the whole country. Stricter
0: controls on advertising, although they're pretty heavily controlled already. I'm, but I'm actually
1: really proud of Australia and how they've oh, Australia forward is. With we have yeah. done so well in this country.
0: Yeah. It's just um, amazing. Twelve billion dollars raised in tax last year from smoking. Oof. Another seventeen billion projected for next year. They need to throw that. Yeah, at exactly. Eradicating smoking from this country. Your funds. But if you live in the city. Sydney suburbs of Gordon, Kalara, or Pimble, then you only have a smoking rate of 6.6%. Oh la la. Yeah. That's Linfield and zero. Rosefield, Epping, Pennant Hills, Sheltenham are all right up there. So Sydney's doing exceptionally well. Also, Burnside, Wattle Park in South Australia, Cottesloe, and Claremont in Yoo. Western Australia.
1: Oh, actually, These do you are know your what? best I'm
0: suburbs for least amount of smoking.
1: I'm beginning to see a pattern there. Hmm, maybe we'll discuss that when we come back. Anyway, we have an interview with Tim Turner coming up after this song.
4: He walks with me and talks with me Along life's narrow way He lives, He lives lives, lives, salvation Salvation to impart You ask me how I know He lives He lives within my
2: heart
4: In all the world Me, I see his love and care, and though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of his appearing will come at last. He lives, he lives, 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 Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives he lives, he lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives
2: within my heart.
4: Rejoice, rejoice, O oh Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujah to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, he lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along last narrow way. He lives he lives, he lives, he lives salvation to impart You ask me how I know he lives He lives
0: Welcome back everybody. You listen to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia, and joining me in the studio to record this segment. Here at Big Camp is Tim Turner. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Law. It's good to be here. Now, Tim, you are here doing a seminar at Big Friend, Big Big Camp, I should say, on a confronting topic that is kind of like the unspoken issue that it seems like most people, are. Well, I'd say everybody, is impacted by. What is it that you are talking about?
5: Oh, so glad you asked. I'm actually running a series at camp on pornography addiction. And you are right. It does affect everybody. A lot of the time I think people think that it doesn't affect them. Well, if you're looking at statistics, 68% of guys in church struggle with this to the point where they can't win. They can't get out. One in 10,000 guys gets out by himself. So the numbers are just staggering. You have a look at the... Numbers on pastors as well. It's 50 to 58% of pastors struggle with this, and 20 to 30% of women. And sadly, uh, my experience in churches is that not many churches are actually doing something about this. If it was murder, I'm pretty sure we'd do something about it, but it's a secret sin. Sure. And we haven't talked about it, I think that's the reason why it's it's gone so rife at the moment. Okay, so you're running a seminar here, how many people have you got coming to your seminar? Uh, so the first day, uh, the, the, today will be the second day, but the first day we've had 70, 70 young people turn up, as well as a few others. Um, which is which is absolutely awesome because they they're wanting to, to change the social landscape of our churches and stuff as well. So is there a particular age bracket that you are targeting here? I'm, I'm actually, everyone's welcome. So I've got older generation, I've got younger generation. The, the majority at the moment is actually from the younger generation, which is awesome. Um, I'm really encouraging them to to get an understanding of pornography addiction so that they can help others. They can take it back to their churches. There's actually a series that I'm promoting, which is the best one that I've found. It's called The Conquer Series. Um, anyone listening is, is more than welcome to look up the trailer because... Uh, yeah, If you're talking about it, it's one thing, but if you see the trailer, it's completely different. You you suddenly become, hey, this is really good material and I can run this. It's very easy to run. Anyone can run it and then workbooks and stuff um, generally have a 90% success rate just due to the fact that some addictions are harder to kick and you'll need professional help. Across Australia, how many people would be running a program dealing with the issue of pornography in, say, for instance, in our church? Um, in our church, the I've heard of only a few. I think I can count it on one hand. But there are some other programs and things that other people run, but they're not necessarily really noised abroad. Uh, you kind of got to go searching for them. They're not. I can't seem to find much advertising and things like that. Um, but I want to change that. So what I want to do is, uh, um, I guess, cast a vision for our church that every single church of ours, or uh, uh, not even ours in Australia, has a program that will help people get out of pornography addiction. Because it may have started as a moral problem, but it no longer is. It be, has become a brain problem.
0: Right. So it's actually a uh, – yeah, I want to come back to that um, a little bit further on the the, the physical addiction, um, the drug addiction that it is. Uh, before I do, um, would the – you talk – you you know, the, you could number the people on one hand that are running these kind of programs across Australia in our church. Would that be indicative of uh, other churches as well?
5: Yeah. Um. To be totally honest, I'm not really sure. Uh, the, the particular program that I run actually has a place where you can register your group online. And so if someone is struggling, they can um, just jump online and say, where's my nearest group? Um, so uh, me being in Kurumbong, sort of Newcastle-ish area, the closest ones we had, I think, were, were in Sydney. Um, and I think there was about three of them there. Okay so the, yeah yeah well that's 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 indicative that basically nothing we could say next to nothing is being
0: done about this and which makes your ministry so much more important um now i understand that you're running this uh here at big camp in the high school tent no 18 plus 10. 18 plus 10 okay is this something that we should be running in the primary tent
5: well the nature of this addiction is, is I guess, uh, it makes it difficult because there's kids as young as eight, clinically addicted, and the power of this addiction is worse than cocaine or heroin. Um, and so... You have some kids who haven't seen it, haven't been exposed to pornography yet, and in order to actually deal with the issue, you've got to be explicit. You've got to be able to talk about what's actually going on. You've got to be able to talk about what they're actually going through. While that would be mind-opening to some kids, it won't be any different for others. So it
0: could create a path for some kids to to actually head in the wrong direction if they had not actually already been impacted by it
5: yes this is correct and this is the reason why I'm focusing on I want to focus on parents because parents have the primary um, care and guardianship of of their children and it's something that um, they used to I guess 30 years ago you'd have to go and seek it out Um, the internet started and it was coming up with, but now yeah I mean when I was a kid if you
0: wanted to uh, see something like that It was, uh, you know, it was kids bringing a few of their dad's dirty magazines to school and showing them out behind the toilet block, literally. Yeah. Um, And that was pretty hard to come by. And then, of course, once you reach your teen years, if you wanted to access it, you had to bear the shame of walking into a newsagent and purchasing it.
5: Yeah.
0: Whereas that's um, it's freely available to basically every child now, um, the moment they get a smartphone.
5: Yeah, well, that's that's exactly right, and um, un- unfortunately, like. So basically, you could say that as a parent, the moment that you give your child a smartphone, you have given them unlimited access to pornography. Yes, this is correct. So if you don't have parental controls, if you don't have porn blockers on your on all your devices, you're basically letting anyone into your house. So uh, I don't think many parents would be very happy if. Um, um, professional pornographers came into their house and started recording um, an X-rated video that has violence against women, strangulation, all that sort of horrible stuff, in front of their six-year-old. But that's in effect what's happening um, to the kids. In fact, they um, Bit BitLocker, I think one of the internet security sites actually had a survey, and they found out that, um, or sorry, through their data, they found out that. Um, for kids, so 0 to 18, uh, the number of kids who are going um, to hardcore pornography sites, 10% of them are 10 and under. So now I've made this statement in the past and I'd like to get your
0: uh, opinion. I've stated that it's a form of child abuse to give a, uh, a young child a smartphone
5: with unlimited access to the internet. Would you? How would you respond to that? Uh i Understand understanding that that sounds very confronting, but actually that's the reality. And I think that as long as we dodge the reality, the, the issue isn't going to go away. Um, now,
0: yeah. Just butt in there for a moment, uh, if I could. Every parent that I have ever spoken to who has children under the age of 10 has told me that their children who have smartphones... Do not look at pornography, is that reality?
5: No, that's not reality. In fact, even when in their their teen years, 70% of teens actively hide what they do on the internet from their parents. Um, Little kids all over the place, um, I know working in a primary school, kids as young as five are talking about things that they only would have gotten from pornography. Um, so this is something that does affect everybody. In fact, 63% of divorces um, have pornography as a root cause for the divorce. So it's affecting families everywhere. And everybody um, in the Western world knows somebody that is affected by pornography.
0: Now, with, um, with, with children that young being uh, impacted by pornography, is that opening the door for um, pedophiles to... Um, you know, to increase their, you know, their, I guess, their opportunities for abuse. Absolutely. One of the things that
5: we're seeing... Um, Cause we're because we've seen a massive increase in pedophilia mm. and child abuse, you know, sexual yep. abuse in yep. recent years. One of the things that we're actually seeing um, take place at the moment is kids um, basically supplying and demand of their own pornography. So you'll have kids in primary school sending nude pictures of themselves to each other um, as social credit. So, they're actually producing pornography, which obviously, when that gets around, leads to... because um, yeah, anything edifilia. that is online yeah is online yeah it's just it's there for the entire world, yeah I remember a, a few years ago in Newcastle they had some schools there that had a, a sort of pornography ring where um, you could actually request naked pictures of any girl that was in school, and people would try and get those photos and post them, and then you could request details where they lived, how old they were, if they had siblings uh, so it's it's not just some crazy um, pornographer uh, sitting behind a desk in a, in a building far away. It's actually right next to your kids, and this is the impact that it's having. And I think that if if our church is silent, it will will be irrelevant. Is um is is has recent legislation made any changes to what's happening in our society? Um, to be totally honest, I'm not completely up with legislation. I know that um. It has impacted uh, the abortion laws and stuff, and that's a completely, you know, different can of worms. But, uh, yeah, there are definite impacts in society and also in the laws that, um, I guess, make things more difficult for for parents to look after their kids. Is there more that our government could be doing? Uh, Yeah, I'd say yes.
0: I Uh, mean, in England, they're talking about, uh, you know, um, even for all of your free porn sites and that kind of thing that make their money off of advertising you know mm. banners and those advertising yep. banners that kind of thing they're uh, bringing in a voucher system uh, facial recognition that kind of thing as, a, as a, uh, a means of checking to make sure that people are 18 years or older um, mm-hmm. do you think that's something we should be looking at here in Australia?
5: Um well, I guess that also opens up its own can of worms with um, freedom of speech and things like that, the different things that are being impacted. And I know that that is something that has been really heavily impacted in Australia at the moment, um, but it's it's one of those things where if you legislate something, it has repercussions in other ways. I mm. think that if we were able to actually... Um, just find where the pornography is coming from in, in some of the at least hardcore places and just make parents aware of the fact that these are the some of the things that your kids are watching as a six-year-old. Uh, and these are some of the impacts that are having. I actually think that the parents are going to be the, the best cause rather than the government.
0: Yeah, for sure now um, I want to come back to this um, this, this concept of uh, you talked about it earlier um, the chemical changes that and, and processes that take place in the brain and as, as to why this is so ad- addictive
5: can you expand a little bit more on on, on that question sure? yeah for sure um, I guess the way that the the brain has, has been designed and the way that it works is that um, it knows certain aspects or certain things are good and pleasurable and fun so what happens is it will release um, a neurochemical called dopamine there's other chemicals released as well but dopamine is is one of the stronger ones and this is a feel-good drug it makes you feel good so if you're um, sitting in a math class and you're taking a while five minutes and you figure it finally figure out and the light bulb goes on this is how i do my addition that's dopamine. You get a little bit ahead of her dopamine. The same thing for um, when you're playing baseball. So the baseball comes in, you miss it, you miss it, you miss it, you hit it. Your brain says, that was good, do it again. So it releases some dopamine so that you remember. Uh, what happens in pornography is that your, your brain actually goes on overstimulation. And it, uh, the, the guys who, who do the PET scans and different things like that uh, of people's brains while they're looking at pornography say that it's about 1,100% of how good you should normally ever feel. So it's a huge high peak and the problem that they're seeing is that it's not that you know people will get online, uh, look at pornography and they masturbate. What will happen is that they will get online and they'll watch porn for three or four hours before they masturbate to try and keep that high going as long as possible but that they're finding is changing the physical structure of people's brains and with the dopamine, the neurochemicals, the oxytocin, the vasopressin, all those sorts of things will impact the structure and create neural pathways that make it impossible to stop on their own. That's,
0: um, that's yeah, rather uh, um, confronting and a little bit scary. Long term, what kind of effects will that result in? Well, I mean, a lot of people, you know, and, and you talk to people about pornography, and they're like, yeah, well, it's, it's just harmless fun. You know, it's, it's not hurting anybody, so mm. why worry about it? You know and, and, and other people will say, well, you know I don't look at violent pornography, I don't look at uh, pornography that is um, I- abusive abusive to women, but you know it's like um, it's consensu- they've consensually um, made these videos, that kind of stuff. and so why not?
5: Well, uh, interestingly enough, when you talk or you listen to the professional porn stars, they will often say that what happened on set, even though it was at a professional studio, was not consensual at all. Uh, and that's even in the professional realm. They just have to suck it up and take it. So uh, I think it, understanding that if you're looking at pornography, um, you don't know if that person is a sex slave or not. You've got no idea who you're watching or anything like that. And I think in today's society, we, we talk so much about equality, and yet there's no equality when it comes to pornography. <laughs> this,
0: this is every- the biggest... This is the biggest... Why is it? Why is it? And sorry, if you pressed the rant button here, but why is it that the Me Too movement has not targeted the porn industry as the number one area, the number one breeding ground for abuse of women and abuse of you know all kinds of
5: abuse? Well, I think that would. Why do we hear nothing from this movement? I think it's because of where pornography comes from. Um, in in the forties, there, there was a, a guy. He, he wrote a book. Uh, hear Sorry. Uh, sexuality in the human male, and another one, um, sexuality in the human female. Um, Alfred Kinsey, and his his so-called data that he got was basically trying to say that we are sexual from birth. So things that we used to think were immoral are now moral. Um, the only problem is he was using pedophiles to basically rape two-month-old babies to say that this was the case. Now, I don't know how a pedophile realises that a baby had an orgasm. Um, you Go figure, right? It's pretty confronting. But if, in order to actually change the tide of things, they're going to have to undo all the sex education that it's built on, and pornography itself came from that. The changes in um, abortion laws and sodomy laws and pornography laws, all that sort of stuff came from Alfred Kennedy's research. In fact, there was one guy in college, he was a virgin in college, and he um, to quote him, he said, I'm going to be Kinsey's pamphleteer. His name was Hugh Hefner, and he started Playboy. Mm-hmm. And he was the main driving force in changing all those laws. Um, and so I think the one reason why, I guess, the, that we're not addressing it, particularly in pornography, is because we don't want to touch a foundation. So many things in society are built on foundations. Okay, so if we
0: pull if we pull that pornography, then is this going to change the law in relationship to sodomy? It's going to tra- change the law in relationship to um, abortion. It's going to change tra- change the law in relationship to all kinds of sacred cows that nobody is prepared to touch, and that the Me Too movement actually sees as being a part of their sacred cows. Yeah. That's pretty scary. That's pretty scary when you look at it from that perspective. Okay, so getting back to um, the physical changes that take place in the brain, um, you know, people say, all right, so let, let, let's, let's, let's put aside the abuse that is taking place to human beings in the making of pornography, um, and let's focus on what's actually happening to the person who is consuming pornography over a long period of time. What's that actually doing to the human brain? Okay, so the, is, it, is it is it like damaging I mean yes. you know we used to talk in
5: the say in the past you know you, you don't masturbate else you're gonna go blind and you know we know that's <laughs> not the truth no that's not uh-huh. the truth. but in, in one sense it is you're blind to what is actually happening to you um, in your brain there's certain elements that you most of the time um, there are certain um, parts of your brain that, that pornography and masturbation will activate. Um, and so, one of them in particular that it deactivates is your prefrontal cortex. So, it's right in the front of your brain. It's about six business cards thick, and it's, it's only fully developed until you're about age 30. Some people say 25, but it's somewhere in there. Um, and that is your reasoning power. That is your, your ability to say, I don't want to do this. I need to stop. And kids who are starting as young as six, like I was four when I was first exposed that I can remember – to to something that was pornographic. It was supposed to be an educational where do babies come from cartoon. I just remember uh, a guy and a girl having sex and they were completely naked. Um, But then when I was eight, I was shown a pornographic magazine by my friend, all that sort of stuff. So before my brain can properly say, no, I don't want that... um, I was exposed to it, and it's just like my brain says, well, that was actually good. Dopamine is good, so let's do it again. And so you have this war going on between something that's, that's, that's like bicycle brakes on a Ferrari. They last for a little bit of time, and, and I think one of the reasons why people don't understand why they can't stop is because they've got this Ferrari engine with bicycle brakes. And so it, it, does it damage you? Absolutely, because your ability to have self-control becomes completely limited, and you're unable to stop by yourself. Other things that that it impacts is how you see women. We talked about um, equality. Uh, There was a a guy at a secular university saying, um, you you say that equality is what you're all proud of. Yet we all know that you guys are all addicted to porn, you're sleeping around, and every woman that works around on this campus, you give a number on 1 to 10 on how much you want to sleep with her. That's not a quality. That's not treating her like you want to be treated. That's completely objectifying them as something for your entertainment and your amusement. They're not a person to you. So that's one of the big things that they're seeing is that women become tools. They don't become people. And they're unable to, to I guess, separate the two. The good news is, though, um, although it's a two- to five-year process to get out of a pornography addiction, they say that your brain can heal after nine years. So uh, neuroplasticity, yes, your brain can heal. You can actually start to see women as people again. Um, you can actually live up to the equality that we're, we're talking about. Uh, but it, it is a long process, and that's part of the reason why I'll be pushing the Conquer series is because I want people to understand this isn't something that I can just pray through. Uh, there's so many people who read their Bibles, they pray to God, they do Bible studies, they lead sermons, they, they, they do church, and yet they're still struggling with this because they don't understand it.
6: Yeah,
0: absolutely, Tim. We are way out of time, um, but I really appreciate you coming on and sharing today. This is a this is a subject that we need to spend more time on, and we need to confront it um, with everything we've got as Christians. Um, how do we get in contact with the program that you're running?
5: Okay, so um, the the program has a website. Unfortunately, they don't have any Australian supplies. You can get it through Kurong, but Kurong is more expensive. But it's ConquerSeries Okay, so that's fairly simple. Conquer series
0: ConquerSeries.com No worries Excellent, we'll put that up on our social media And uh, thank you for joining us, Tim Thanks for having me, along. We'll be back uh, right after this song 8 o'clock news And then Encounter with God
6: There's a land that is fairer than day And by faith we can see it afar For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall sing on that beautiful shore the melodious songs of the blessed, and our spirits shall sorrow no more. Not a sigh for the blessing of rest. In the sweet, by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet, by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore To our bountiful Father above We will offer our tribute of praise For the glorious gift of His love And the blessings that hollow our day In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall meet on that beautiful shore
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio Forgiveness, it's easier said than done But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au.
7: I sing the mighty power of God that makes the mountains rise. That spread the flowing seas abroad And built the lofty skies I sing the wisdom that ordained The sun to rule the day The moon shines full at His command And all the stars obey I sing the goodness of the Lord That filled the earth with food He formed the creatures with His word And then pronounced them good Lord, how thy wonders are displayed Where'er I turn my eye if I survey the ground I tread, or gaze upon the sky. There's not a plant or flower below, but makes thy glories known. And clouds arise and tempests blow by order from thy throne. While all that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care, And everywhere that man can be, Thou God art present there.